0: I know some pretty neat people, don't I? (laughs) I told somebody the other day, I I really don't think that you wanted me to be your pastor just because of me, but because of all the people I know. Uh, Spence and Misty are one, Laura's another. You just like me because I like good people, and uh, that's okay, I'll take that. Spence and Misty, uh, I'm so thankful that you're here this morning. So grateful for you guys. Uh Spence's mom and dad are here, too, and so we're thankful for that, too. You, uh, you want to be back here tonight. It's going to be a, an amazing blessing, so you don't want to miss that. If you have your Bibles, guess where we're going? Habakkuk. Very good. I heard somebody say it. Last time in Habakkuk, uh, next Sunday morning, I will begin a preaching uh, sermon series on Easter Sunday morning. And listen, you need to listen close. The series is called Dancing with the scars, not with the stars, dancing with the scars, and we're going to talk about how the Lord can take the tragedies in your life, the scars in your life, and he can make amazing things happen, even with those things that are happening, and we'll start on Easter Sunday morning talking about the greatest tragedy of all for the Lord when he lost his son and gave his son for you and for me so that we could have eternal life third chapter of Habakkuk we're going to finish up Habakkuk this morning you know the minor prophet you pretty much know the story by now in in the first chapter Habakkuk goes to the Lord and tells the Lord what he wants to see done and the Lord says uh, okay let me answer that for you and he answers it but Habakkuk is not happy with the answer and so habakkuk goes back to the lord again and prays and says pretty much to the lord i'm not happy with your answer and the lord kind of chastises habakkuk that's where we find it in chapter 2 where he chastises habakkuk and we started there talking about how we need to wait in faith for the lord to do what the lord wants to do in our lives and we we talked about how this applies not only to us personally but it applies to us as a church at holly springs and you have all been very gracious to me in helping uh, me to understand that you get this, that uh, we are not going to jump into anything until the Lord tells us what we're to jump into. And we believe that when the Lord tells us what we're to jump into, we'll jump into it together on faith because the Lord has spoken spoken to all of us. And then we talked about how in Habakkuk 2 it says that you cannot uh, know what the Lord wants for your life unless you have a faith. And, we talked about that the second Sunday, and then just last Sunday we talked about how so many people misplace their faith. Uh, you see it in the second chapter of Habakkuk as you look at verses 6 and continuing. It talks about uh, Habakkuk lifts four or five different woes. He says, woe to people that do this, and woe to people that do this. They place their, their faith, in, uh, and he talks about placing their faith even in alcohol. He talks about pl- placing their faith in possessions, and he talks about all the different places that people were... Will place their faith in but it won't help them because they have not placed their faith in God and then you come to chapter 3 and we're going to talk about this morning how we are to pray in faith and this is a beautiful chapter where Habakkuk after first uh, chapter 1 and after chapter 2 Habakkuk finally lowers his defenses and he begins to talk to the Lord and basically says to the Lord what all of us should say which is okay, Lord, you're in charge, and I'm not. That's basically all of chapter 3 of Habakkuk. And and Habakkuk gives this beautiful prayer in, in Habakkuk, chapter 3 that I want to share with you this morning because it teaches us how to pray in faith. You know, you can look all throughout the scripture and you can look at uh, David in the psalm, you can look at Paul in the New Testament, you can look at Peter, uh, you can look at the Lord certainly. And whenever they pray, they teach us things about how we should pray uh, when we go before the Lord. And what you're going to find in in Habakkuk chapter 3 is this beautiful prayer that Habakkuk gives to the Lord. And it teaches us so many things. And what I love probably most about this, and what if you were going to grab one thing, I would want you to grab this one thing out of it, is Habakkuk's circumstances hadn't changed. When you, you look at chapter one and chapter two of Habakkuk, Habakkuk's talking to the Lord, and he's telling the Lord, This is what I want to have done, the Lord's going to no, know. This is what's going to be done. And Habakkuk goes, I'm not happy with what you're doing. And the Lord begins in chapter 2 to tell Habakkuk, this is how I'm going to do it and how I'm going to lay it out before you. And you're going to be okay with that. In Habakkuk chapter 3, Habakkuk prays to God. And what you need to grasp out of all this is his circumstances had not changed. The Lord had not removed him From a very perilous situation in fact the the Chaldeans and the Babylonians were going to invade uh, the country that Habakkuk lived in Uh, the people of Judah were going to be invaded by the Chaldeans and the Babylonians and God was going to destroy a lot of Habakkuk's people and so the circumstances had not changed at all but when you look at chapter 3 Habakkuk's heart had changed and that's where we all need to be you need to not be weary in your circumstances we always get bogged down in our circumstances and we say god would you change my circumstances and the first thing that you ought to learn out of anything else if you're not going to get anything else this morning is this you ought to say to god my circumstances are okay i'm not thrilled with them but they're okay but god would you change my heart in the middle of my circumstances, And when you ask God to change your heart in the middle of your circumstances, all kinds of things will happen to you. One of them may be your circumstances may change, but the other is you may be understanding why you've been placed in your circumstance. You see, God may have you in the very circumstance that you're in right now, because he wants you to do a great work in the middle of your circumstance. Have you ever thought about that before? So many of us want to run from our circumstance. So many of us want to run from our tragedy or, 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 or from what's happening in our life that we don't agree with. And God says, wait a second. Have you ever thought about the, in the midst of the circumstance that I've placed you in? I've placed you there for a purpose. And that purpose is because you can be my light in a very dark circumstance it's an amazing thing that habakkuk teaches us in chapter three and as habakkuk begins to pray he begins to pray in faith and shows us what it means to pray in faith you know i I read about dl moody the, the great evangelist and he said i tried to pray in faith and it was okay but he said then i tried to pray in faith and read the scriptures And it totally changed my life. You know, so many of us want to pray in faith. And you can be a faith prayer. You can pray in faith. But where you will get your lessons and where God will speak to you is when you find His holy word and you open it up and you study this scripture and then you pray in faith. Because when you pray in faith, this word will be illuminated to you. And it will be illuminated to me. And God can take the. scripture the scriptures that he wrote thousands of years ago and he can use those scriptures to speak to you and to me as we pray in faith. That's why I love it when people send me a prayer and they send me a scripture attached to a prayer because it helps me to remember that not only are they praying for me in faith but they're taking God's word and using it in faith. Look at chapter 3 and let me show you three things just real briefly here. Three things about how you and I can pray in faith. The first thing you're going to see right here at the very beginning is where Habakkuk is praying and he talks to God. And he says, let's look, listen to uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It's a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shiganoath. And it says this, Lord, this is verse 2, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day, in our time make them known. In wrath remember mercy. God came from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Perrin. His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from His hand where His power was hidden. When Misty and Spence told me what they were going to play this morning, everything, everywhere, I said, you know, that's the first point of the sermon that I'm going to make this, this morning. This, this morning... When you understand what it means to pray to God in faith, you need to understand that the very first thing that one of your words that comes out of your mouth should say is you should be proclaiming the wonder of God. Isn't it amazing that so many times we go to God and the first words out of our mouth are, hey God, will you give me this? Or will you do this for me? But very seldom do any of us just go, God, you are amazing. But isn't our God amazing enough to do that? Isn't the God that created you, created your children, created your parents, created your house, created your farm, created the animals that you raise, created the money that's in your wallet, created the money that's in your bank created everything around you, isn't he worth just going to and saying, you're just simply amazing. And that's all I want to say to you right now. That's the kind of God you worship. Do you, do you remember, I mean, most of you should remember this unless you've never had children, but if you have children right now or have raised children in the past, don't you remember what your children do when they come to you? I mean they come to you and say give me this give me this give me this can i have five dollars can i have ten dollars it my favorite line that i used all my life and that my kids used on me it's been passed down for generations and generations is can i borrow a dollar (laughs) really am i going to see that dollar again are you ever going to get that dollar back to me heavens no my children are 31 29 and 26 and my wallet is like an open book it just keeps going out and never comes back i'm waiting for the day it came back you know evan our middle son we went to dinner the other day and he said i'll get this and laura had to pick me up off the floor <laughs> i went oh my gosh it's changed the times have changed this is amazing one of my favorite lines i have to tell you this because it just fits so well here dr reed the pastor at first baptist church that i served under for 34 years his daughter carrie was getting married and carrie wanted me to have a part of the service but she certainly wanted her dad to perform the service so the easy way to solve that was for dr reed to walk her down the aisle which he wanted to do every dad wants to walk their daughter down the aisle to get married they want that privilege of doing that And so he walked her down the aisle. And my part was to welcome the congregation that was there that day to witness the beautiful wedding of Carrie and her husband, Sean, thank them for coming, say a few words, pray over them, and then say, who gives this woman to marry this man in holy matrimony? And I did all that. I mean, I did it all. Welcome, prayed, loved on them, thanked them for the privilege of being able to participate in their wedding. And I turned to Dr. Reed and I said, who gives this woman to marry this man in holy matrimony? And he looked at me and with the straightest face that you can imagine, he said, I officially take her hand out of my wallet and put it into his wallet. (laughs) that, That was his exact word. You talk about being caught off guard. I just went, okay then, that's <laughs> great. And then he switched places with me and he did the wedding. I think Sean, just his face had just dropped. He went, oh my gosh. And you know he knew what he was in for for the rest of his life. But th- this is it. Listen, that hymn, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Think about that. Do you stand amazed? amazed in the presence of Jesus who loved you, a sinner, unclean. When you get up in the morning, do you see the wonders of His glory or do you just ask to be able to make it through the day? Are you amazed that He gave you breath for another day? Or are you just hoping that the coffee will be working in the morning? The Jesus that loves you is the Jesus that Habakkuk prayed to. And in the first four verses of Habakkuk, all he does in his prayer is say, God, you are simply amazing. I cannot believe the wonder of you. I cannot believe the awesomeness of you. And if we will begin to practice that kind of praying, your heart will change just like Habakkuk's heart changed. You remember his circumstances didn't matter to him anymore. He was just in love with his creator. And when you pray in love to your creator and recognize how amazing he is, your circumstances will begin to change too because your heart will begin to change in the midst of those circumstances. The second thing is this, and I, I'm, not, I'm not going to read it all to you, but I, I want you to trust me that I have studied this and you will understand that I don't want to read the next 15 verses or the next 10 or 12 verses. But starting with verse 5 and, and going through verse 15, you will find out that, that Habakkuk basically teaches us that when we pray, we should talk and give thanks and should be giving glory to the works of God. Because what Habakkuk does in verse 5 through 15 is he begins to recognize that God is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do in chapter 1 and in chapter 2. And remember, we, we've had this ongoing battle. Uh, Habakkuk really doesn't want God to do what he says he's going to do. But in chapter 3, Habakkuk prays to God, and in verses 5 through 15, he just goes, Okay, God, I know that you're not changing my circumstances. I know that the Chaldeans and the Babylonians are going to come in, and they're going to overtake the people of Judah, and uh, they're going to destroy a lot of people that I love. A lot of people that I care about are going to be killed, and, and my nation is not going to be the same as it was just two weeks ago or two months ago. But what Habakkuk does as he's praying to God is he says to God, I trust the work that you're going to do. And catch this, he says, I want you to do that work. I want you to do that work. Ashley, will you come up here? I've asked Ashley to come up here and just visit with me for a second. And I've done this on purpose, obviously, because I want Ashley... I I want you to hear Ashley's heart about prayer. Ashley, you can sit down there, and I'll I'll sit down with you, and we'll just visit for a second. Um, And I I wanted her to come in and share on this point about the work of God. Here's what I want you to know uh, about why I chose Ashley. Uh, A month ago, when you graciously asked me to become your pastor, uh, one of the very first messages that ever came to me was from Ashley. And she said this, how can I pray for you? And I went, well, that's pretty amazing. I'm thankful that I'm going to a church where somebody would care enough to want to know how they could pray for me. So uh, I texted her and said, uh, here's how you can pray for me. I said, this is a big transition for me, and, and I really need you uh, to pray for me in, in the midst of that transition. But I said, God's good, and I know he's got this, but will you pray for me? And she texted me back and said, Sure. I thought I was done, uh, but I wasn't done because the next week she texted me. In fact, she texts me every Sunday afternoon and she says, How can I pray for you this week? So um, I just have started trusting Ashley that she would be the kind of person that would pray for the things that would help me and that she cares about me. And what I've tried to do is sense from the lord what things are in my life that uh, i know he cares about in the midst of my circumstances and that he can work through so i've texted ashley for very specific things i mean she can tell you we have laura's new office but we still own laura's old office and we need laura's old office to go away and somebody needs to buy it if you're here this morning and you need an office you need to come talk to me because we need it to go away and i told ashley that i, I said we need somebody to buy it. and she said okay i'll pray for you well next sunday she texted me again and i told her something else but middle of that week she texted me and said has your old office sold yet and i went no uh, keep praying so this is the kind of thing that i'm talking about not only do we look at the wonder of god and we pray in faith at the amazing wonder of who god is but we pray in faith that god can work with his people that god can do works through his people Um, and that's where ashley comes in tell me or tell them and me how how did you become interested in prayer being such an important part of your life (laughs)
1: I can talk to you one-on-one, but I'm I'm a little nervous, so bear with me. But um, before you came, Brother Bobby, uh, Clint had preached on laying your chains of sin at the altar. And um, I had many, and I won't go into a lot of those, but one of those was living a mediocre life. One of them was um, riding that fence line, um, being lukewarm. And I didn't want to be that way anymore. And... um, I have a dear friend, Tessa Pierce, who prayed with me that day, and um, I walked away a changed person. I've been saved since I was 13, but me and the Lord had a good talk that day, and I have asked, that I wouldn't have a mediocre life anymore. So we had a Girlfriends in God meeting, and Becca and Marlisa and Brittany and uh, Holly had went to a women's conference with Beth Moore, Mm -hmm. and Becca brought up the prayer journal that I'm holding in my hand that Beth had um, talked about. And I've been looking for a way to um, write down prayers for people and and not so flippantly say, I'm praying for you. Ryan had preached I think last year or maybe the year before on "I'll, I'll pray for you. We pray for them and then we move on and we forget about them. And it was just something that I wanted to, how do I pray for people sincerely and keep up with what I'm doing? So this book right here is my prayer journal. And I, I just, I feel like in the world that we're living in, we need prayer, we need fervent, sincere prayer. And when I send out on Facebook, if you're not my friend, that's fine. <laughs> but I ask, how can I pray for people? How can I pray for you? Um, and I write them in this book. Nobody looks at this book, but me and the Lord. And when prayers are answered, I highlight them and I put PTL, Praise the Lord, next to it. And then if it doesn't get answered that week, I move it to the next week because I don't want to forget about it. I don't want to I don't want to forget about the people that's asked me to pray for them. And I try to check in with the people that's asked that I've asked. Um, sometimes it may be just how's it going, or um, did this get answered? Did they get Miss Laura's office get sold or or anything like that so for me it's it's God calling me to a higher standard of living and then that is prayer and we've got to be bold in our praying, and not just so flippantly I'm praying I'm praying you know I see on Facebook people say pray for this or pray for that and I do pray for people and I used to be one of those that I'm praying and I would say a quick prayer but I don't believe that some things are made or done quickly and that it takes time
0: I really want you to hear the statement that she made that uh, if we're going to change this world, we're going to have to pray for change of this world. and We're going to have to pray for people's lives. Do you, I, I am more convicted of this than ever. Uh, this, I, I'm 60 years old. I've been in the ministry uh, for 30, about 37 years. Do, do you know that until this last year, I had never really had anybody except Laura uh, that I know that really prayed for my life. And do you know in the last year that God has put three specific people that pray for me besides Laura into my life right now? Uh, and every one of them has taken the same approach that Ashley has done. Uh, she is, uh, uh, they have all, uh, I get it, I get a text on Sunday afternoon from Ashley. I get a text on Monday uh, from Gary Davis, the BSM director, and on Wednesday I get a text from Chris Millar, who's the university minister at, at a church in, at University Heights uh, Baptist Church in Huntsville, uh, Texas. Three different people for the last year—Ashley's new last month—but two people for the last year and one person for the last month have just started deciding that they were going to pray for me. Now, you know, I think Ashley would be honest, uh, and we all need to be honest. We can't, you know, you you probably can't have 1,000 or 2,000 people on your prayer list. It would get kind of overwhelming. But what would happen to this church? What would happen to the body of Christ at Holly Springs if every one of us took two or three people and we just said, I'm going to invest in their lives by praying for them on a regular basis? I don't know you know when when i started reading habakkuk and habakkuk said at the very beginning you know he was arguing with the lord and the lord said you need to wait on me well one of the things that i i began to pray about is the lord trying to get this church to wait and to see if we're to become a prayer church a, a church that prays for each other because uh, I, I think it can make a difference. can you share just real briefly uh i know you've been doing this for a little while now how the lord some of the things that he's answered, some of the things where you've seen change. And it, it, I, I'm interested in this, because. and so I want you to tell me this, and hopefully I'm not heading up the wrong path here, but has he changed you?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, he he, he has a way about about bringing him back to you. Um, you know, there's been several uh, praises that I marked off uh, for last week, and, um, you know, one of the praises is, is we're, my husband is a chicken farmer, and so um, you know, tax time for us is very, very. I don't like taxes, and <laughs> that's just how that is. But I have been fervently praying that God would would just be with us in that situation and and work that out. And I got notice yesterday of, of you know uh, what it's going to be. And praise the Lord, it's a lot less than what we did last year. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's it's little things like that for me that. Um, it's, it's changing me to where I have to be in the Word because this by no means is glory for Ashley. This by no means is let me get in your business and find out what's going on. This is me f- wanting to pray for people to sincerely say that I am praying and God's going to answer. And I have the Holy Spirit has worked on my heart day in and day out. And um, I don't live the life I lived a couple months ago. And um, I, I don't take it lightly. I don't take prayer lightly anymore. Um, I know this is just a book. You can do it in anything you wanted to. Um, but I have seen many people uh, tell me that, yes, this was answered, or no, that wasn't, keep praying, or, or so on and so forth. But um, I try to reach out to, to certain people, and then I try to add a new person. Into into that, and that's only led by the Holy Spirit. Who can who have I not asked that needs my prayer this week? Um, so if I, if I ask you, <laughs> I sincerely mean it. I sincerely mean to pray for my body and my family because it's been a rough year for some of us. And uh, if it's the same old prayer every week, that's with me. And sometimes it's not anything specific that I'm looking for. I just, how can I pray for you? So um, I ask Miss Lanita and I ask Holly and I ask Brittany every week because I I just feel like there's some of the people that I need to ask. Uh, I ask my family, I ask friends, I ask you, Miss Laura. So if I reach out to you, it's not because I'm trying to be nosy. (laughs) (laughs) By no means. Um, God's called me to a higher standard of living and for prayer. And I mean it when I say, I'm going to be praying for you. And I encourage everybody, don't be flippant about, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and then not not follow through. Um, because I, that's how we grow closer to the Lord, I believe. It's just having conversations with him. And he's changed how I pray, because used to it was... Lord, bless me with this and help me with that and help me. And it's not even, about, I don't even pray for myself because I have so many that I'm praying for. So, yeah, it, there's a definite change in me. Now, I don't know if my family would say so, but, <laughs> um, but I ask my husband every week and my, and my son, how can I pray for you? And Wyatt told me, I have two mock testings for STAR this week. Mama, pray for me. And I do. I pray for all those kids. And I pray for Stephen. And um, and it's not about me anymore. It's not about a mediocre life. I I believe the Lord's coming back, and and we don't need to be living a mediocre or lukewarm life.
0: Absolutely right. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. you, Thank you. You did great. (laughs) Thank you. I have to tell you that when I asked Ashley to do this, she said yes. And then I said, listen, I'm just going to bring you up. I'm not going to even ask you what I, I'm going to. I don't even know what I'm going to ask you. It's just going to be what the Lord lays on my heart. So she was pretty brave to do that, and I'm very thankful for that. But I hope you caught the drift uh, because some of you, uh, you're you're at your age, and you're saying, Oh, you know, I could never do that. I could never get into prayer ministry. I, I, I do this or I do that. But, you know, there's... there's um, you may be good at one thing or you may be good at another, but the Lord calls all of us to prayer. Uh, there, There's not a, one of us that's left out of that calling on our lives to be prayer warriors, to pray uh, for other people. Did you catch the thing? And uh, I'm sure it didn't come from what I said the very first Sunday I was here. But you remember w- when we're waiting in faith that we're supposed to be writing things down? And that's what she's done with her prayer journal. Uh, that's what she has understood that helps her and that's what the scripture tells us helps us is if we would be the kind of people who would write things down when spence and misty came in they have a daughter named morgan and what's morgan eight seven six she she came in this morning and the first thing she showed me was she said look look bobby i i have a a prayer journal now i have something i keep my notes in and i thought oh my gosh a six-year-old is doing that if a six-year-old can do it can't we at 30 or 40 or 50 can't we write down what's important to us what the lord is speaking to us it was um it was pretty amazing because uh, laura saw the prayer journal and said morgan hang on just a second and laura went into my office and she came out with the prayer journal uh, that laura uses and it was the same exact prayer journal morgan and laura had the same exact prayer journal You know, one of the things, and I want you to hear this as we kind of finish out this little bit about how the Lord works uh, and wants us to pray for his works, is um, uh, Ashley mentioned uh, the necessity of listening to people when they pray and how sincere she is in meaning it. Listen, if you're going to pray for people, you have to take it seriously. You, You must take it seriously. And when people believe you, like I, I believed Ashley sincerely wanted to pray for me, when I believe it, then I'm going to tell her things that I sincerely want her to pray for. And everything's on the table. What that means is when I give that to Ashley to take it to the Lord, and I trust that she's taken that to the Lord with me, is that I trust her uh, to do that and know uh, that I'm putting everything out on the table for her. So if I tell her something that's very private to me, Uh, that's very personal to me, I trust that Ashley will take that and hold it and take it only to the Lord. She's not going to take it to anybody else. Listen, if somebody shares their prayer needs with you, their prayer heart and their prayer request, they're not sharing those things with you so you can take it to somebody else. If I wanted to take my needs to somebody else, I'd take my needs to somebody else. I got plenty of people. We all have plenty of people that I could share my prayer needs with. But I I give it to you because I know you'll take it to the Lord. And that's what I trust, Ashley. Last thing is this. Let me share this with you real briefly. When you pray, your prayers should be for the will of God. You know, that's what the Lord teaches us in the New Testament and the, the Lord teaches us here in Habakkuk. Habakkuk says in verse 16, look at verse 16 of the third chapter. He said, I heard my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently on the day of the Lord, for the day of the Lord. Can you imagine that? All we've talked about for the first three weeks, all we've talked about in the first three chapters is the Lord trying to teach Habakkuk to wait. Wait for me. Will you wait for me? I'm going to walk with you if you will just wait for me. And finally in verse 16, Habakkuk says, I will wait patiently for the Lord. And he says it again, I will wait patiently for the day of calamity. Now, think about this Habakkuk has finally understood that the will of the Lord is to do exactly what he told him he was going to do in chapter one. But now Habakkuk has aligned his will with God's will. God says, I'm going to bring calamity on your people. And now, at the very end of Habakkuk, in the third chapter, Habakkuk says to God, Okay, I'm waiting patiently. And I'm waiting for you to bring the day of calamity that you told me you were going to bring in chapter one. So what Habakkuk is saying here is: look, I'm praying for the will of God. And listen, look, look at verse 17, 18. Let me close with this. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, and though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food, and there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, <laughs> do what? This is Habakkuk saying, if everything goes totally, totally off, if everything goes totally not the way I want it to go, if everything goes totally against everything I want, listen, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Are we the kind of people that would say that? even though everything's gone totally against my plans, even though the crops are failing, even though everything has gone totally wrong, I still will rejoice in the Lord. You know the kind of believer? You know how you prove yourself as a believer? You don't prove yourself as a believer when you're Donald Trump and you're a bazillionaire. You don't prove yourself as a believer when you're on vacation in Mexico like Laura and I were a few weeks ago. That's not real world. When people are bringing you Cokes every time you say, bring me a Coke, that is not real world. When you eat at five-star restaurants and people come and serve you and they bring all kinds of little fancy foods that you don't even recognize, that is not real world. Real world is when everything is falling apart and everything's not going the way you planned it to be and you say i still love you lord i still care for you lord you are still my god it's easy to say that he's your god when everything's going the way you want it to go but how much more real is it for that god the one the only god the resurrected god the god that we will celebrate that rose three days after they crucified him, how much more is it real to celebrate that God when nothing is going your way and you still smile and you still celebrate him? That's the kind of believers the world is looking for. That's the kind of difference that you and me need to portray to the world. Not that everything's going great and you're saying I'm a believer, but when you're at the bottom of the pit and you're looking up, And everybody sees you and you say, I love you, Lord, and I will serve you till the day I die. Ryan, will you come up here and will you get ready to lead us in worship? Listen, I just wrote this down. In the midst of everything that's wrong in your life and in my life, you still need to believe that God's right in the midst of everything that's wrong in your life and my life, your faith must still be that God's right and God's in control. If you're here today with us and you're listening to me, I want you to know that you serve a God who loves you. And if everything's going wrong, He still loves you. And everything's not going your way, He still loves you. Listen, this church... It's important that you hear me say this. This church is full of sinful people. Sinful, sinful people. But here's the deal. This church is full of people who have turned their life over to the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in His grace and His mercy that has covered all their sins. Nobody else can forgive you. There's not a single person sitting in any chair in this auditorium who can forgive you for anything that you've done wrong. But there's a God who loves you, that sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, who can forgive everything that you've ever done wrong. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, and He cares about you. Will you pray with me? God, we're about to enter a time of invitation, a time where people can make choices and God, today my heart would be that people would make the choice to follow you. Father, my, my prayer today would be that people would also make the choice to to strive to be prayer warriors for you. Father, my prayer would also be that people would make the choice to become part of this fellowship, to become part of of these sinful, forgiven people that are known by Holly Springs Baptist Church. Father, whatever your will is for the people that are here today, I pray that their hearts would be open and sensitive to that will as we enter this time of invitation. And we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, this morning it's really simple. If you're looking for a church home, if you're looking for a place uh, to put your life in, fellowship that you want to be a part of we would love holly springs to be that fellowship we would love for your family to become part of our family the invitation is this to you if you want to know this jesus that we talk about if you want to know this savior who can forgive you there are people who want to share with you how you can go into relationship with jesus christ and finally you need to know that this altar is open maybe you need to talk to the lord about your prayer life. Maybe you need to talk to the Lord about your circumstances and how he can change your heart in the midst of the circumstances. Whatever decision you need to make, I I pray and, and I believe and I desire with all my heart that you would have the confidence to do that as we stand together and as we sing with Ryan. Ryan, would you lead us?